It's the Rush Fancast. It's Steve and Jerry, as always. Jerry, what's going on? Uh, not much, Steve. What's going on with you? Not much at all. We've got a cool episode for you today. This was your idea, Jerry. It was my idea. Can you believe that? I, I actually had an idea. <laughs> Steve's usually the one with the ideas. We'll see if it's a good idea. You can find us on Twitter at Rush Fancast. Instagram, we are the Rushcast. Email Jerry, the Rushcast at gmail.com. He loves getting your emails. And we love the bass intro done by Lex, as always. That's his stage name, right, Lex? No, that's his real name, Lex. (laughs) It's his real name. (laughs) And his stage name. And his stage name. So I understand you got a couple of emails to read for us, Jer. I do. The first one is from someone who posted a picture of a receipt on Twitter, right? And tagged you in it? Yep, he tagged me with the receipt on Twitter. It was an old, you know, one of those credit card statements where you have to with the paper and the ka-ching, right, ka-ching right. thing. Yeah. Just run it over a couple of times. So he says, thanks for your time in doing the podcast. I've learned a bit listening just as I've learned a ton over the years, listening to rush. It's just incredible to feel such a connection to these guys and their music, the massive loss for someone you've never met. And thankfully the friendship among the rush fan base. My rush story started when a good friend gave me moving pictures in 1981 on vinyl, of course, I was 13 at the time and had just started working at a bicycle shop. On a slow Sunday afternoon at the bike shop, a cab pulled up and dropped off Neil, and he came in to purchase a bicycle to ride after the Monday show in SLC, which I'm assuming is Salt Lake City. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Opening on Sundays was a new thing we were trying out, and unfortunately, I wasn't working that day. Just the owner, Jim, who was an older, friendly Greek gentleman who enjoyed sipping Chivas Regal and conversing with friends in the office. It was very typical for Jim, the salesman, to close the blinds on the small opening with a view up front when the hidden bottle comes out. Neil and Jim conversed for well over an hour before Neil left with a helmet and one of the least expensive bikes we sold to ride to the hotel. When I arrived at work on Monday after school and told Jim I was leaving early to go to a concert that night, he casually mentioned a drummer that was in the shop yesterday and how nice the conversation was they had. Jim assumed this could not have been anyone I was going to see because this was shortly after Neil cut his hair and I was still a long-haired punk. (laughs) Jim couldn't remember the drummer's name after I inquired, so I retrieved the charge slip and I just dropped to the floor. It was Neil. Anyway, a year later, I was reading the lyrics to Middletown Dreams and was just sure that Neil, being the genius he is and drawing inspiration from us everyday folk, was speaking of his situation, talking with Jim in the verse of Middletown Dreams. Wow. So you think that's true? Do you think he wrote that about his experience buying the bike? The hidden bottle comes out? I know. Yeah. Salesman, the hidden bottle comes out. Wow. I don't know. Pretty cool, right? That is so cool. I mostly spend my days touring on my Harley, retracing some of Neil's paths, my favorite being Death Valley. He loved that incredible, colorful, and desolate landscape. I'm absolutely convinced I couldn't live this lifestyle without the positive influences of music and lyrics from Rush. This is a very special story that I like to share with Rush fans, and apparently my platform has arrived. So thanks for sharing. Oh, nice. And that was Chris. I forgot to mention Chris. Thanks, Chris, for that email. That that was great. Oh, can you imagine? I mean, I don't know. It kind of makes sense, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> but the, the thing that jumps out at me is that's exactly the type of guy that Neil loved to talk to. Right. Some old Greek guy that didn't know who he was. 
right? <laughs> exactly. Right. And uh, just go in the back and, and have a couple of sips of Chivas Regal. Oh, yeah. Talk about whatever. And I'm sure Neil was all over that. <laughs> yeah. That's great. There's a bike helmet and a cheap bike. Yeah, I would think that that's probably, he's probably right. That's where the lyrics came from. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. So you got one more for us. I do have another one. This one is about kid gloves. I got a lot of emails about kid gloves, different interpretations of kid gloves. I read one before, if you remember. Mm -hmm. So this one is from John. What's up, John? He says, I love your podcast, and I was so happy to hear you go into detail about kid gloves, my all-time favorite Rush song. It's such a catchy, up-tempo song on a mostly bleak, albeit outstanding album, and it's great to hear Alex's guitar front and center during a time when it was mostly pushed aside. As for the lyrics, I've always thought this song was about parenthood. As adults, I think we forget how overwhelming and confusing childhood can be. Our memories are selective, and we look back at our childhoods as happier, carefree times when we didn't have to worry about work and mortgage payments. So we can't understand why our kids can be so moody and frustrated when all they have to worry about is homework. Then we put on our kid gloves. Yes, I know the textbook definition of kid gloves is handling things with care, but Neil rarely went from point A to point B with his lyrics. Kid gloves in this context, I think, refers to us as parents remembering how difficult it can be to be a kid once we understand and sympathize with what our kids are going through. Maybe our voices won't be so rude and won't be so rough. Consequently, the parents are learning the lesson. Handle with kid gloves when you're handling your kids. Wow. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm in for that one. I like it. Yeah, it's cool. Totally works for me. Everybody thinks about the Rush lyrics, not just us, Steve. I know. It's great. And the thing is, there's so many different interpretations, but I like that one. I think that's dead on. Yeah, sure. I'm buying it now. Too bad we didn't talk to him before we recorded our Grace Under Pressure <laughs> episode. So today, Jar on the Rush Fancast, this was your, your idea. Let's talk about Rush cover songs. Yes. My baby. This is my baby. This is your baby. Let's, <laughs> let's hope your baby uh, isn't thrown out with the bathwater. Yeah, this is either going to go great or not great. I think it's going to go great. Yeah. You're more optimistic than me. <laughs> so what we decided to do was come up with five Rush cover songs that we like. Yes. And we're going to play a portion of those five songs and we're going to talk about them. Yeah. And my idea was not to really pull songs that were, you know, faithful to the original. I wanted to, to find songs that were a little, a little left of center, let's say. Yeah. You know, I agree with you because there are a lot of Rush cover albums and we could go over a couple of them. There's nothing special about the versions of those songs. They're all well done. Right. They sound great. Yep. But they're just, you know, another interpretation of a Rush song that isn't. Right. It's, it's hard to, to uh, cover Rush songs. <laughs> well, well, let's go through it. So in 1996, an album called Working Man came out. Mike Portnoy, Billy Sheehan, Jake E. Lee, Sebastian Bach, Jack Russell, Mark Slaughter, a whole bunch of other guys took part in this record. And all the songs are great. They are. I agree. And, you know, and of course, Mike Portnoy and Billy Sheehan being involved, they're huge Rush fans. Of course, they're going to do a great yeah. job. They're great musicians. The songs sound good, but yep. they don't jump out at me as anything special. Right. When I hear cover songs, like I love cover songs. One of my favorite bands, I don't know if you know this, but a band called Shovels and Rope. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that. Sure. 
the worst band name probably ever. But anyway, they have two covers albums and they go the the range of songs that they cover is amazing and it's all great. They do a cover of oh, what's the name of that um Faith No More song? Epic. Oh, that must be great. <laughs> it is great. They slow it down and it's acoustic. It's really good. So I like cover songs that are different, you know? That kind of that you can that keep the spirit of the song and keep the melody of the song and things like that, but just, you know, take it in a different direction. I agree with you a thousand percent. Now there's another Rush tribute album that came out in 1995 called Red Star, a tribute to Rush. Now these songs are different, but they're all death metal bands. Yeah. And I'm not a big death metal guy. Nope. I would imagine you're not either. Nope. So the band's uh, Killing Field, Hate Theory, Blood Coven, Hostile <laughs> Intent, I'm not making these up. And Grave Speed Death and a bunch of others were on this record. And those are great names, though. They're great names. Though. They're great <laughs> names. And look, if you like death metal and you like Rush, this is right up your alley. Right. But we're not going to talk about those songs today. No. Let's see. 2005, Subdivisions, a tribute to Rush. Randy Jackson, Vinnie Moore, Stu Ham, Kip Winger, Sebastian Bach, a lot of the same names that were on the other record. We're on this record. Again, the songs sound great. They're Rush songs. They're fine. But again, nothing nothing that jumps out at me. Randy Jackson? I don't know what Randy Jackson it is. Is it okay. the guy from Zebra? Is it the right. guy from Journey? Is it a different Randy Jackson? Probably a common name. Not sure. Maybe, yeah. I immediately thought of, of Zebra. And then in 2010, New World Man, a tribute to Rush. Pretty much the same guys that did the Working Man album. Many of the same artists, Portnoy, Sebastian Bach, Kip Winger, Billy Sheehan, Vinnie Moore. The one track on that one that jumped out at me a little bit, only because it wasn't your typical heavy metal version of a Rush song, is they did Mission. Oh. And it was pretty cool. Yeah? I missed that one. Eric Martin of Mr. Big did the vocals on it. Oh, wow. You want to hear it? Yeah, sure. They opened up for Rush a few times, didn't they? Hold your fire. Keep it burning bright Hold the flame till the dream ignites Spirit with a vision is a dream With a mission So that's a that's a pretty faithful version. Yeah, and I like Eric Martin. He's a good vocalist. Yeah, like you said, we saw him with Mr. Big, and it's just not the typical heavy metal cover. Yeah, no, it's a good version. But again, for the purposes of this show, we're, we're going a little different direction. All right. Well, why don't we start with your first pick? We don't have to do these in any particular order. So you tell me what you want to start with. Okay. Well, the first one I have is the U.S. Army Band's version of "Time Stands Still." That was terrific. I've heard this before. It was. Let's play a little bit of it. 
came out, I don't know, a couple of weeks maybe after Neil passed away as a tribute, and it was phenomenal, right? Just moving. Yeah, it's a very moving and beautiful rendition of that song. Really good. And I wonder if those guys perform outside of their army band in any way, shape, or form. Like if they have bands of their own, like in their garages? Yeah. I'm sure they do. I guess. I don't know. They sound great, though. Well, that was a good pick, Jer. Thanks. What's your first pick? So when we talked to Steve Brown about his Tributes album, we talked about Jacob Moon. Yes. And his version of Subdivisions, which was outstanding. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Jacob has a version of Something for Nothing. No. Which appeared on the 40th anniversary of 2112. No, I didn't know that. And that's my first pick, and it's outstanding. Change to sweep the clouds away, waiting for the rainbow's end to cast its gold your way. Countless ways you pass the day. Open the 
What do you think, Jer? That I like. You know, he does a great job all the time with his Rush covers because he makes a totally different song. You know what I mean? Like, slowed it down a little bit in places, a couple of different accents, not trying to sing like Getty. Nope. Right? Just trying to sing like himself. Yep. And it's fantastic. And that's what I like about Rush covers. I like Rush covers that the artist is just being themselves. Yes. And playing a Rush song. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Right. It's an interpretation of the song. Yeah. Uh, Somebody commented on the YouTube video that it sounds a little bit like Black Sabbath's Children of the Sea. And I could see that. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> well, I love that song. I just, th- yeah. I just thought that was an interesting comparison. Maybe he should cover that next. That would be really cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. So I don't know if you're aware of this, Jer. When Rush was inducted into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2010, they asked Jacob Moon to perform subdivisions at the ceremony. Really? Yeah. And did he? He did. Oh, great. Can you imagine? Yeah. Rush asking you to perform at their Hall of Fame induction? That's amazing. Yeah. So what do you got for number two, Jer? Well, uh, this is probably the closest one on the list that is faithful to the song itself. It's uh, a version of Anthem by, I see Les Claypool's in the band, Claudio Sanchez, he's from Coheed and Canberra, uh, Bill Kelleher from Mastodon, uh, Danny Carey from Tool and Steven Brodsky from Mutoid Man. Oh, wow. Cool. The only band I've never heard of Mutoid Man. All right. Well, let's play a little bit. about that is that even though he has a high voice Claudio he's saying that's just how he sings yeah he's not trying to sound like anything he's not trying to sound like Getty that's the way he sounds and anything with Les Claypool on it is unfrickin' believable I mean obviously you can't see his face in the video because he's wearing I know he's wearing these these big glasses and like a respirator on his face now was this done after COVID Yes, it was done relatively recently. I think it was done over the summer. So the respirator has something to do with that. I would imagine so. Or actually, there was a comment. One of the one of the um, comments high on the list of the video is it said uh, Les Claypool would be wearing that mask regardless of COVID, which is true because he he wears he's known for wearing his band is wearing you know weird stuff. Well, it looks like something he would wear. 
Yes, it looks like something he would wear. It doesn't look strange on him at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> well, well, my next pick, uh, you know, I'm just going to jump to this one because you have a version of Anthem. I have a version of Anthem on my list. Do you really? I do. And mine was done by Anthrax. Oh, yeah, Anthrax. They put an album out called Anthems. I think it was 2013. And, of course, the name of the album is Anthems, so, of course, they did Rush's Anthem. So like your pick, Jared, Joey Belladonna isn't trying to sound like Getty. Nope. That's his voice. That's his voice. And it's great. Yeah. They did another great cover too, right? It was on, I don't know what album was on, a Joe Jackson song, right? Got the Time? Got the Time. That was awesome. That was on Persistence of Time, I believe. I remember listening to that album at a party and that song came on and I was like, this is a Joe Jackson song. And of course, nobody else there (laughs) knew who Joe Jackson was because they're all metalheads. But the thing is, that song was basically a thrash song that Joe Jackson wrote. Right. It was perfect for Anthrax. Yeah, it was. And this song, I think, is also perfect for Anthrax. Yeah, did a great job. I really like the guitar sound, whatever effect they have on that. And the interesting thing is they also did a bunch of other other covers on this album. ACDC's TNT, Boston's Smokin', which was interesting. Yeah journey keep on running i don't know that song it fits all the songs that they did were pretty good yeah they're a good band yeah oh no anthrax is great so i found in rolling stone in 2013 that's when the album came out march 19th 2013 quote from scott ian of anthrax who's a huge rush fan yeah a friend of ours sent alex lifeson the track the anthem track we just played and he sent an email back saying he thought we did a really incredible job with it and the arrangement. And his actual quote was, I don't know what we could have done better. We certainly could have done worse. Wow. We couldn't believe it. We were flipping out that Alex Lifeson even knows who our band is. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Isn't that great? Yeah. You know, I saw Scott Ian once. Oh, did you? In Philadelphia. Yeah. Outside the TLA in Philadelphia. He was just walking around with someone. He's unmistakable, right? Yeah. When you see Scott Ian, you, you know, it's him. Uh, I got a quote from Frank Bellow, the bassist of Anthrax, too. Rush was a big thing for me because I grew up as a diehard Rush fan. To play some Getty bass lines, pick them out, and learn them meant a lot to me. Well, you did a lot of research on these songs, Steve. I did some research. Yeah, I didn't do any research at all. (laughs) It's my idea, and you ran with it. All right, well, let's hear your next pick, Jer. Okay, here's where things start going off the rails. Okay. This one is a brass band 
called the Heavyweights Brass Band, and they did a version of YYZ. Oh, wow. And it's, again, like I said, it's a good song, I think, can survive any genre you put it into, and they do a great, great version of this song, especially the solo, the guitar solo at the, you know, after the, the well, the mm-hmm. whole thing is just amazing. So let's play it. Isn't it so well done? And it's such a credit to Rush that their composition can be turned into a brass band version, and it's still freaking amazing. I know that's what I that's what I mean. A good song can be transferred to any genre. A good song is a good song. A good song's a good song, Steve. And Rush wrote good songs. Now you don't have to put this in the podcast, Steve. But if you want to go forward a little bit, Alex's guitar solo, their version of it is. Why wouldn't I put it in the podcast? Here it comes. Calathumpian, Jared. <laughs> I got new words of my vocabulary now. That is Calathumpian. That, I love that solo. I love it. <laughs> I love it because he's not really even, I don't know if he's playing like what Alex played. I'm not sure if he's doing a note for note thing. It just sounds amazing. Yeah. I don't even know who's in this band, but kudos to them. We love them. Whoever they are, we love them. The Heavyweights Brass Band. The Heavyweights Brass Band. So my next pick, Jar, is a band we talked about before. Again, uh, when we talked to Steve Brown about his Tributes album, we played Felicia's version of The Garden. And their whole album, yes. which is called The Next Hemisphere, it's an album of all Rush covers, has a, a bunch of amazing tracks on it. But my favorite is this particular track, and it's The Way the Wind Blows. Now it comes with us. Like we're back in the dark ages 
something about a, a female singer interpreting rush that i really like yeah and once again she's singing like herself not yep. hitting the not trying to hit any crazy notes and a good song is a good song a good song is a good song that should be the <laughs> a catchphrase or something for our for our podcast a good song is a good song totally and uh Fleish is from brazil and there's only two people in the band gabby visoni and salo Oliveira. just amazing yeah, I'm assuming they have other people playing the band, or do they do all the instruments? You know? I guess. I don't know. I mean, they're the only people listed in the band. I guess when they perform live, they must have other people helping them out, I would hope. Yeah, yeah, we think so. They've got a version of The Garden, which we played before, which is amazing. Yep. The Stars Look Down is good. Yep. They do a version of Mission that's outstanding. Check it out. The Next Hemisphere is the name of the album. Okay. So what you got, Jared? What's your number four? Well, this one... It's also a little out there. I don't know if you're familiar with a man by the name of Richard Cheese. I am mildly familiar with Richard <laughs> Cheese, yes. He does lounge cover versions of songs. And I don't know if he's if he thinks he's doing a joke, making a joke about these songs, but I don't. I think they're fantastic. He does a, a version of U2's Bullet the Blue Sky, which is just <laughs> as good as the original. I mean, it's so... Good, but you know, he comes across as a cheesy kind of lounge singer. Well, and he named himself Richard Cheese. Yes. So, you know, you can't blame people for thinking he's cheesy. No, especially if you think about a nickname for Richard. Right. Oh, see, there you go. There you go. All right, why don't we play this? Check this out. Here we go. This is the trees. There is unrest in the forest. There is trouble with the trees. For the maples want more sunlight And the oaks ignore their pleas Hey! The trouble with the maples And they're quite convinced they're right They say the oaks are just too lofty And they grab up all the light But the oaks can't help their feelings If they dig the way they're made and they wonder why the maples can't be happy in their shade. There is trouble in the forest, and the creatures all have fled. As the maples scream oppression, and the oaks just shake their heads. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> if they dig the way they're made, that's crazy. I know he really stays in character. I mean, and he's <laughs> he's definitely it sounds goofy. I really like his stuff though. I really 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 like those covers. It's good. I like it. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I mean the entire song is great. Even like the little battle when the the argument between the trees uh, a great job of it. Oh man. So if you want to hear the whole thing, pop it up on YouTube. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's great. Uh my number 4 is Another track off of one of Rush's anniversary releases. This one's off of Farewell to King's 40th anniversary. Okay. And the name of the band is The Trues. 
they do a version of Cinderella Man. I've never heard of them. Traveled rich to the sea He had a need to discover A use for his newly found Again, another another vocalist not trying to sound like Getty, just being himself. Yeah, and they kept pretty tight to the actual song, but with a little piece of them in it. It's really nice. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Yeah. And I looked up, I did a little research on the Trues, Jer. Canadian band from Antigonish, Nova Scotia. They are among the top 40 selling Canadian bands in Canada. I've never even heard of them. Never heard of them. Six albums, and this is a great version. A little bit heavier than Rush's version, sort of. Right. Which I kind of like. And how is the trues spelled? T-R-E-W-S. Trues. Okay. But a uh, very cool band. And uh, again, Rush approved. They put them on their 40th anniversary release. So Rush is on board and so are we. Yeah. Cool. All right, Jay, you got one more for us. I have one more, but before I get to that one more, I wanted to play a version of Subdivisions by a death metal band called Omnum Gatherium. Okay. Because, well, I don't think it's a good version, <laughs> but you have to listen. You have to at least listen up to the, up to when the, the singing starts. All right, let's do it. me be diplomatic about this chair yes please do please do <laughs> this is not my cup of tea not my cup of tea it's not my cup of anything not something i would listen to no not at all but i give these guys credit for doing this rush cover i mean no matter what genre of music you're into and this is is this death metal is that what this is um i didn't look into them given the name it could be like norwegian death metal uh, black metal. I haven't the slightest idea what kind of metal faction it is. Any band, no matter what the genre, I'm happy they're doing Rush covers. Right. And while, you know, I do not like the, the cookie monster voice that those kind of metal bands use, the fact that they are trying to, that they, first of all, that they love Rush, mm -hmm. obviously, is a death metal band listening to subdivisions, right? Keyboard heavy subdivisions. They at least 
can see the song for what it is. It's a great song. And they want their fans to learn about Rush. I think that's great, even though it's not for me. No, not for me either. And strangely, you picked a song that something you wouldn't listen to. I picked something as well that I wouldn't necessarily listen to, but I thought it was an interesting Rush cover. The name of the band is Mindless Self-Indulgence. That's a good band name. Yeah, great band name. This is their version of Tom Sawyer. What do you think of that, Jim? I don't know what to think of that. What what genre of music is that? I don't know. Hi- uh, hyper hyperpunk? What is it? It's like futuristic. That was something else, Steve. Now I like this better than the one you played. Yeah, I like this one because it it took a lot of uh, liberties with the song. You know the fast cuts and the and all that kind of stuff. It's definitely different. Uh, again, not something I would listen to. Nope. But hey, if if you love Rush, whatever genre of music you play, play some Rush songs. I love it. Right. I mean, uh, this band seems to be on the opposite spectrum from death metal. I don't know. I don't, it has a pop sound to it. I don't know what kind of sound it has to it. But again, whoever these people are, they love Rush and they love a keyboard Rush song and they want their fans to like Rush. So I think it's fantastic. I just love the fact that Rush inspires. Everyone. 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 Everyone everywhere. It's amazing. It really is. It really is. So you're going to give us your last choice, Jeff? Yeah, my last choice is a bluegrass band. Oh, bluegrass. The Blueberry Grass Band. They do a great version of Tom Sawyer. All right, let's check it out. fantastic yeah it is that's great the drummer is really good when the song gets cooking so good so good now there are not many styles of music that i absolutely dislike i can listen to pretty much anything except for that death metal band that you just played oh okay i thought you were gonna say but 
<laughs> bluegrass is where I draw the line. No, no, I like bluegrass. Yeah. Uh, I used to go to the um, Newport Folk Festival. I went a, a few years in a row, and there were always some kind of bluegrass band or Cajun band playing. It was always great. I would love to go see those guys. Yeah. And I did a little research on them, Jer, since you told you, me we were going to play them. They're from Canada, Quebec. Yeah. French Canadian. Yeah. Um, the, the guy, when he sings, I, I, he throws in uh, French words every once in a while, I think. I'm going to cheat a little bit before I play my last one. I've got one more to play for you. Okay. This woman's name is Katie Cole. She's an Australian singer songwriter, and she tours as a multi-instrumentalist with Smashing Pumpkins. How about that? She plays with them on stage? I guess so. She's buddies with Billy Corgan. All right. This is her version of Open Secrets. Well, I guess we all have these feelings We can't leave unreconciled Some of them burn on our ceilings Some of them learn as a child The things that we're concealing We'll never let us grow Time will do its healing You've got to let it go Close with my protection Open to your scorn Between these two directions My heart is sometimes torn I lie awake with my secrets Spin around my head Something somehow escaped me Something you shouldn't have said I was looking out the window Should have looked at your face instead Well, I guess we all have these feelings We can't leave unreconciled Some of them burn on our ceiling some of them learn as a child The things we are concealing Will never let us grow Time will do its healing You've got to let it go Let it go It's beautiful, don't you think? Yeah, it really brings out the the emotion in that song yeah and she strays a lot from the from the vocal melody i think i think that's a really really strong strong contender there steve yeah and my last one is one that we've played before again from the 40th anniversary of 2112 and i think this song just fits this band perfectly we mentioned this when we talked about 2112 it's allison chain's version of tears
Yeah, that's a that's a good version, but it's not Lane Stanley, is it? No, he died. Yeah, he died. Yeah. But the new singer, I mean, sounds exactly like him. Yeah. And I, I just love that because it almost seems like it was written for them. Yeah. So moody, right? Yeah, I mean, if I was going to pick a, a band to play that song, that'd be the band I'd pick. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like, do you ever hear the the EP they put out called Jar of Flies? Oh, yeah. Which was fantastic. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like it could have been on that record. Yeah, they definitely did their own spin on it. It's great. So your thoughts, Jer, on our dipping into Rush covers? Well, I hope people liked it. That's all I really care about. Because, <laughs> you know, there were there were some out there ones. Not everyone is going to appreciate the, you know, the heavyweights brass band. But, I don't know, I want to do something different. Yeah, I think people will like it. Yeah. You know, of course, we mentioned the Steve Brown record that we talked about a few months ago, that's got a bunch yes. of great covers on it too. I didn't want to yep. rehash any of those, but there's a bunch of great ones on there too. A couple of things we didn't talk about. The Royal Philharmonic Orchestra did a whole album of Rush covers, which is kind of yep. cool. Yeah, it is cool. And when we talked about Rush's first album, we played Skid Row's version of What You're Doing, which is also great. Yep. And I found a version of Ingve Malmsteen, who we brought up on the podcast a few times, doing Anthem. Really? Everybody loves Anthem. Who wouldn't love Anthem? Who, what is, does that sound? Does that sound kind of wanky? not a big Yngwie Malmsteen fan because, he, you know, they were mostly instrumentals, right? His songs? Mm, I'd say half and half. Yeah. Half and half. He he had a bunch of, you know, Jolyn Turner was in his band for a while. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. That album was really good. I liked it. Oh. I actually saw Yngwie at Lemoore in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. With really? Jolyn Turner on vocals. It was great. Wow, Lemoore. I never went to Lemoore. Lemoore was frightening. Yeah, you told me how you were frightened, and I'm like, oh my God, if he's frightened. Well, it was in the middle of Brooklyn, and the shows were in the middle of the night, and you had to park on the street and walk seven blocks to the place and take your life in your hands. Yeah, and then when you went in, you also had to, took your life in your hands, no, right? I, once, once you got in there, I felt safe, but out on the street, not so much. Not so much? Luckily, I had a piece of crap car that nobody was interested in. Yeah. One of the pluses of being poor. <laughs> Nobody wants your money that you don't have. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us on Twitter at Rush Fancast. Instagram, we are the Rushcast. Email Jerry. Let him know what you thought. What covers did we miss? We missed a bunch, I'm sure. Yeah. Let us know at the Rushcast at gmail.com. Lex did the bass intro and outro as he always does. Jerry, I hope you got a quote to wrap this up nicely for us. I do. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, with Open Secrets. Oh, nice. Katie called it Open Secrets. Yeah. And now you're quoting it. Perfect. Yep. Closed for my protection, open to your scorn. Between these two directions, my heart is sometimes torn. 
Awesome. Thanks, Jer. Thank you, Steve. Thank you.